Hello and welcome to the latest episode of the Talking City podcast for the Manchester Evening News. I'm your host, Rich Fay, and I'm delighted to be joined once again by Simon Bajkowski. Hello. And by Charlotte Dunker. Hello. And you both look tanned. You've been down on the south coast enjoying the football, a trip to Bournemouth. Was it as pleasurable as it looked, Charlotte? Yeah, I think you can't ask for a better... The City fans couldn't have asked for a better away day in August. Trip down to the south coast, one of the hottest bank holidays I think they've ever had. And City got the three points. What more do they want? Was it a stereotypical seaside town? Bournemouth was the rock, was the donkeys? I didn't see any donkeys. I saw there was lots of rock, places to buy rock. Two donkeys on the pitch. (laughs) (laughs) Two pee machines personal favourite this is obviously before the game yeah we'd we had to soak in we had to soak in the local atmosphere just to get some colour yeah what did you own any of the arcade machines yeah did you um i did actually two but obviously two p machines 10 p machines pushing it a bit too much. yeah yeah. we didn't win i i ended up winning a laptop on mine oh yeah. yeah i'd forgotten mine when i drove down and uh you know thought i'd go on the 2p machine Tipping point with a laptop, make sure I can cover the game. Always hated tipping point. Ever professional. My least favourite TV quiz. I mean, of all the things we have to remember to take on an away day, the the only thing we actually have to remember is a laptop and probably a laptop charger, but you could even get away without the charger because the other person should hopefully have one. Yeah, yeah, it is. It's unforgivable. I mean, you forgot some stuff going down there, but... We're not getting into that. No. Very (laughs) open-ended, that. Not sure we were... I mean, send your send your answers to that on a postcard if you want. It wasn't as important as a laptop, so it was fine. Mm. Mm. So let the listeners know, Si, the ones that don't follow you on Twitter. So you, mm. you were travelling down to Bournemouth. Travelling down to Bournemouth, five-hour drive. Couldn't get the train because... Um, we couldn't get back. We couldn't get back because there was a train strike on uh, the Sunday. Get about an hour into the journey, just bombing it on the M6 down but past legally, Knoxford. Legally, legally well, yeah, but you know, right to the limit. There's an open road, whereas the, the road to the motorway is not being as open. And uh, suddenly think, I'm going down to cover a game, not just to see some friends. I should probably have my work bag with my laptop in. And Did was, you not have your work bag at all? No, no. Oh, Simon. So what what was in your work bag? What 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 hadn't you... So you didn't have um, accreditation? Do you have that with you? I had that with me. Um but I didn't have I didn't have the Ethernet cable that proved invaluable to Charlotte the next day. Yeah, it did. Um I didn't have my power cable, I didn't have any sort of Your laptop microphones or yeah. Never mind all that. Basically anything that would let me cover the game. Was this on the match day know. or the day before? The day before the oh, match okay. day. So and had nice. I been longer in my journey to Bournemouth, I may not have gone back. What would you have done then? I would have sort of borrowed a f- uh, I won't bore you with the details, but we would have made a <laughs> yeah, so, uh, so, but I thought, you know, I'm going to have to be professional here and travel back to get my laptop. And and so, it was, um, so it was a seven hour journey rather than a five hour journey. So professionalism off the pitch and professionalism on it as well. Well, it was, yeah, yeah, yeah. Go on, we're done with my story now. Yeah, it was, it was, a, it was a professional performance from City, but it just didn't click for them really. It wasn't, they played a lot better against Spurs the weekend before and obviously we know what happened there they should have won they didn't and then they won this weekend without really hitting top gear the way that Bournemouth played 
Um, it stopped them the free flowing nice football we're used to seeing City playing we didn't really see much of that but uh, a physical game do you think that's because City played poorly or because Bournemouth played well and did their game I don't think but the way Bournemouth played allowed City to to play the way they they're used to and the way that they wanted, they played Gundogan in that play uh, deep lying midfielder role as the playmaker, and he just couldn't start. Didn't seem to be able to start any City attacks. And once Bournemouth realised that and were onto that, I think that caused City problems. But did it really cause them problems? Well, no, because they won, and that's the main yeah. thing. Maybe I guess it says how good City are that a 3-1 defeat probably is like a good Win. result for Bournemouth but uh, yeah it, it, well I mean if, if Pep's listening to this podcast oh, he, I'm sure he is as he probably I'm sure is. he will have tuned off after that first because <laughs> that opening dragged yeah uh, <laughs> he will be he will be very happy because you know he doesn't like it when you talk about things just based on results he doesn't think oh we've won so we're great and we came away from the two old draw with Tottenham actually saying City have fantastic mm. um, and watching them on Sunday you just sort of think hang on a minute they've got this problem this problem this problem this problem and this problem and it it shows how strong they are that they can still win 3-1 and he alluded to that in his press conference after he said yeah we won which is the main thing and it's it's good to win it's good to win and make mistakes because now they can work on the mistakes that they made and improve on their performances and they've not sacrificed any points while making those mistakes so yeah it wasn't spectacular performance it's not one that everyone's going to remember but the main point is that they won chatty post match wasn't he oh yeah we had a 90 second uh, Pep Guardiola press conference after the game in which um, it's hard to convey in a story his answer to the question about the whether David Silva should have had a penalty which most people in the world think he should have apart from VAR decided no he answered very very sarcastically saying no 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 penalty no what do you mean of course it was an obvious handball last week against Laporte so he's still not over the handball last week and uh, I think he definitely thought David Silva like everyone else should have had a penalty and that was about the how, how long so how long did he speak after Spurs for instance just to give her that like I'd say minutes, probably eight to nine minutes after Spurs and then we had 90 seconds after (laughs) Bournemouth and someone asked a legitimate question about VAR as in they had the they had the briefings didn't they and the question was when you had the briefings about VAR were you told there might be issues such of such as this is that they only see one angle blah blah and his reply was ask the VAR people and then he's good at silence that, he? is that your favourite pep mood um, sassy oh what about pep? the Aguero the, he was asked about Aguero's oh. finishes <laughs> oh uh, they've got another two goals for Aguero and he went yeah <laughs> he scored goals before <laughs> which, which is what? savage but true I mean it's hard because like sometimes I don't know you don't always ask the best questions to him and sometimes well, the, it's the way you can yeah. phrase questions is like can be improved upon or you always think that after a question don't you think could I, I have asked that better yeah but best you answer? just you need a bit of give and take and you know sometimes a question like that you're just saying look Aguero's won you the game speak a bit about how he's won you the game yeah. and uh, a little just, sassy reply yeah I, there was, he, did, he did the uh, the radio interviews and the one of the guys who was there asked him a question and got like a 
three word response it was something like ask the VAR and he was a bit taken back so he moved on to like a gentler question and he got a one word response because at the end they said Alex who is the press officer said any more questions and I think everyone just sort of looked and thought <laughs> what is the point not because yeah. what are we what's he going to say out of this he clearly wasn't happy or do you think he's trying to get out on the beach trying to Top his tan up. Well, I mean, I think he probably just, it's a long, long, long journey home. I think yeah. maybe he just. They, they, love, they love Manchester, Rich. You That's know, they true, could have gone away to Spain. to Spain for training, but they love Manchester. I think it took us six hours to get home, did it? Five. Five. Five um, with a stop. Never been very good at maths. No. Five with a stop. Counting to six is quite difficult, though, isn't it, Charlotte? <laughs> so we'll let you off on that one. Frankly, you had to count to three on the weekend for City goals. Uh, what did you What did you make of it? You said that Pep didn't have much to say about Sergio Aguero, but yourself, it was his 400th goal in his uh, senior career. How impressed were you with him? Was it? I hope so. Don't know. I, know I believe that. so. Where have you pulled that from? Good stat, that. Opta Rich has arrived. <laughs> I'm pretty sure it's his 400th goal. Right. Barami's oh, nodding. Yeah. Very good. 400th goal Less in his senior the career. Um, yeah, a, a good performance from him. I didn't think he was that good against um, Spurs. Obviously managed to score and then he had that Barney with Pep on the side of the pitch. Uh, Gabriel Jesus is out with a hamstring injury. We don't know how serious that is. So he is going to be the one that has to lead the line. So it's good for City that he's in good goal-scoring form. And I thought him and David Silva, well, David Silva was miles ahead of everyone else, but the pair of them were probably City's best players on Sunday. Yeah, so we said last week on the podcast that was Aguero maybe he's been one of the most disappointing players this season in fact maybe because Jesus has been so good as well but Aguero didn't quite look up to it but I guess that's the brilliance of Aguero that he can just turn it on like that and when the chances come there's still probably no no one better in the Premier League at finishing them yeah especially that third one which was a bit of a blur as to like I initially thought Silver had scored it but it was just like the ball oh, because the angle from where where we were sat the angle it looked like David Silver had scored yeah. and we went how on earth has he has he scored from there and then you watch the replay and realise he yeah. didn't <laughs> both goals just ultimate poacher I mean I can't I don't know don't, I, I, he wasn't great against Spurs I don't think he was brilliant against Bournemouth but he, he just scores gold he's got yeah, he wasn't. He wasn't brilliant on Sunday, was he? But, no, but he scored twice. So. And I think that really summed up um, the game. Someone said it on Twitter better than than I can. But they sort of said Bournemouth played better than City, but City have got better players, and that was why why they won the game. And it, it's nice. Well, having, that Bournemouth goal. Yeah, yeah. It was like um, against Tottenham, they had everything but the finishing. And against Bournemouth, they had not very much but the finishing. Well, it was at half time of the of the game on Sunday. They had the what do you call him? Compare no. The uh, the, the, the match announcer. day. Right. So the he, match announcer. Yeah. So he comes on and he's like, <laughs> "Oh, Bournemouth, Bournemouth are uh, unlucky to be um, two, two one down." It's been two tappings versus an absolute goal of the season. And then he's like, talking about how City have got no fans, uh, how they have empty seats at the stadium, how Kyle Walker should have been sent off. This is just a guy who's trying to talk through a kid's penalty shootout. (laughs) It's just firing digs in at City. It was just bizarre. Enjoy your goal of the season, contender, while you take home no points, lads. It was good, though. It was very good, yeah. yeah. Oh, the free free kick, it was great. I know it's not our place, but I don't get why Liverpool loaned him out again. No. 
No. It's, it's that's, no for, that's for a whole no different podcast. But um, as the uh, the bitter match announcer said, Charlotte, they could have maybe have had a penalty, red cards and penalties and all that. Uh, what did you make of the well, decisions that went City's way, perhaps? When Edison went charging out, I think it was just a bit of a what is he doing moment. And I think a yellow card was probably fair. I think... Well, yeah, there was cover, wasn't there? Yeah, them, so. I think... Kyle Walker maybe was lucky to stay on. But out of the two, if one of them was going to get sent off, yeah, I would have said Walker. But Walker just looks absolutely on one since the start of the season, doesn't it? Like he's just bombing forward, charging into people. It's like he's a man possessed. I guess the Cancelo signs maybe gave him the kick at the backside as well to, to yeah, maybe and, be on the his game. Fair play to him because in that Spurs game, yeah, he was out jumped for, for the second goal. But Going forward, he was quite impressive and he does look to have improved, especially as he's been like publicly berated by his manager on more than one occasion in pre-season. So he seems to have taken it on board. So maybe this them signing Cancelo is what he needed to give him a push. Yeah, yeah. Or a push into flying into people. I don't know. It's hard because Charlotte wrote piece on him after Tottenham because we, we gave him a bit of stick in pre-season when Guardiola gave him a lot of stick and uh, when City played at Bournemouth in March he had sort of this bizarre altercation with Josh King where City were like needing to hold on for the win and Walker nearly got himself sent off Pep had to like separate them physically on the pitch to um to, to stop him doing anything so you know coming into the game he thought it's a good chance again to say Walker's maturing responding to the competition well and then two moments of rash poor decision making could have been off you could say that he wouldn't have made the second challenge if he'd been booked for the first but they were they were both poor do you feel that's like going to be City's undoing again this season? Maybe in the, in the, in the, I mean, the last season the games they, they lost you felt the games where they got needless mistakes yeah. and people flying tackles maybe red cards and stuff do you still think that's a, a downfall maybe in the city side um, they were very rash on Sunday I mean you're very lucky when Nicholas Otamendi decides to chest a ball to the centre forward in the six yard box and you don't concede a goal you know they, they were very unlucky didn't that go off, come off Edison's head came off Edison's end. head yeah, yeah. Um, you know they, they were very unlucky to concede two goals in the way they did against Spurs but um, yeah it was a bit a bit too fast and loose I think they sort of the game got away from them a bit and John Stones was praised after West Ham he's now out injured um, so that question of depth kind of raises its its head again <coughs> sorry we'll edit that we, we didn't think uh, it was going to be no. coffin did we no, no no the perils of rice cakes yeah Charlotte we've not spoken much about David Silver yet but uh, Pep spoke his praises of him he did at not the in press conference yeah uh, his last season at City as well how have you made of it I mean Pep said that he was surprised just how well Silver's done in English football in general but at the weekend was that vintage David Silver from you yeah it was brilliant and um, cheers yeah full stop <laughs> move on <laughs> It's like a pep answer that from yeah yeah had enough. Um, for me, was City's man of the match and made the difference for them. And I think they are going to miss him. And but if you look at the strength and depth they've got in midfield, at least they've got other people that can step up to the plate. And are they going to be as good as him consistently? Maybe not. But I think 
as good as David Silva was, it was surprising to see how De Bruyne struggled because he's De Bruyne has been exceptional ever since the first game of pre-season. He's, I would argue, he's been the standout player for them. And everyone's come out and said it's like having a new sign-in. But he just went missing on Sunday. and Harsh. He did. Yeah, he wasn't good. Wasn't good. It's a game of opinion shot. Have your I opinion, know. yeah. I had my opinion. And I, gave, and I gave him a six. Yeah, fair enough, <laughs> which yeah. I Which I think, think was fair. David Silva got an eight. Stu, who loves David Silva, probably would have given him a 10. 11 or something. Yeah. It's, uh, yeah, yeah. But it wasn't an exceptional all-round performance from the team. And it's only Bournemouth 3-1, isn't it? And Don't he was that. he was the standout performer, so... Yeah, but I mean, it, Silva got two assists. Yeah. But De Bruyne didn't play well, but got one. Guerrero and Sterling didn't play that well, but scored. scored. So, you know... And that's where City... Done. Yeah, that, and that's where people can... You can look and be like, oh... City behind Liverpool already, blah, 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 blah. But they've just won without... Just how many players have we just named there? Yeah. Four four of their best players not really performing very well, but yet they all scored or get, got an assist. De Bruyne wasn't happy with his performance afterwards, would he? But he became the fastest player in Premier League history to reach 50, 50 assists. assists. Mm, yeah. So... Not bad for One someone... One of fanboys, that. Yeah, yeah, not bad for someone who wasn't on their day. Yeah, uh, on Dorad Silva, there was a lot spoken about how City were going to replace Fandinho in the summer. Do you think Silva's going to be a player that City will have to buy in the replacement? Or do you think there is enough quality? Well, if they do buy a replacement, then it's very bad news for Philip Foden. Because he's been, you know, they've said he's going to be the, the one to step up. He stepped up a bit towards the end of last season. He looked very good in summer, came in late. Well, he sort of starred for England at the under-21 Euros, made a big impression even though he turned up, he came late to City's pre-season because of his um, England commitments and then uh, we've not really seen him. Sort of, he's not really had a had a sniff yet and you sort of think Carabao Cup will come round but, you, you know, Foden should be getting involved in these Premier League games now because he's, he's good enough and he needs his his minutes to develop even if it's just off the bench for now but yeah. he's just yeah. not getting a look in um, so I guess Champions League depending on how the draw goes that's like yeah yeah yeah, yeah well after the international break that's when yeah. the fixtures start to stack up and he's going to have to rotate his squad and if then the likes of Foden yeah if he's not getting in the, if he's not starting like not I don't mean getting off the bench if he's not starting games then he needs to be asking questions as to why I mean, yeah it is only three games into the season so maybe some of the reaction has been a bit over the top of yeah, it, but yeah. you can see why yeah. some fans are but maybe I, concerned I but. think um, for me Bernardo is better in the middle than he is out wide as well so he's another player that you would move in once once Silva goes plenty of options yeah, but, you know, City, Guardiola especially likes to buy attacking players when you don't think he needs one, and that usually works out. Yeah, because well, there's the whole Sa- Leroy Sane yeah. drama yeah. will rear its head again, no doubt. Yeah. And of course, like you said, it's the competition for places that makes other players better. As we've always spoken about Walker, and we got to see Cancelo for the first time on Sunday, Charlotte. For about, what, was it three minutes? I'd be surprised if I looked up once in those Yeah, I don't, I don't think honest. I saw him touch the ball. <laughs> That's well, not because next question just says Cancelo. Right. So he came <laughs> on please, please. for uh what I think was about three I think he literally came on as it went ninety minutes. Didn't yeah. He? So it was three that was all time, so. and 
yeah, and he, he didn't make an impression on. No match. He didn't get a, He didn't get a mark. Yeah. So a flawless yeah. performance. Oh, he could have got yeah but, ten. He didn't do anything also wrong. Also a forgettable performance. Yeah, it depends which way. It says a lot, doesn't it? I mean, he, he said a lot of big things since he's arrived and about you know becoming a regular starter. So do you think Walker's performance that weekend might? lead Pep to think that Cancelo is maybe a safer option if he wants to go well no I don't think so necessarily I think Walker's performance maybe opened the door more than his first two performances of the season had Um, and I think we will see Cancelo play right back it just seemed a bit and I know Guardiola's not one for sentimentality but it did just seem a bit of a token have you yeah effort to to just bring him on in the 90th minute to stop people saying well, when, when, when's he going to make his first appearance in a city ship? Well, he did actually. He came on it. That's the sort of Guardiola answer you'd get. He came on against Bournemouth. All right, he didn't touch the ball, but yeah, he came on. Yeah, there and, was and there, just to break up the game, wasn't it? Yeah, those are the players he could have brought on. I yeah. just Angelino. We're not talking. About, we're not getting into him. He'll get his chance soon. Uh, final question. Who, Angelino? Yeah. <laughs> final question. Final question of the first half. Oh, the it's first half. This, this is a long one. Oh, well. There is... <laughs> before, but VAR again, Si, every week. Yeah. Got to speak about VAR. What was it like? Again, I think it's better for the listeners, at least. What was it like in, in the stadium? Because you two are there. You don't get these TV replays and stuff, but how was it compared we, well, to Well, we you? did get the... We got the, the replay of the penalty and... Uh, we, I, it's one of those that looks more of a penalty on the replay than in real in, time yeah but that's because it's harder to spot Lerma stepping on Silva's foot in real time um, uh, for, in, so in real time did I really think it was a penalty straight away I, I probably didn't no but then you watch the replay which is what VAR is supposed to be all about isn't it watching yeah. the replay to miss thing to get things that people have missed and somehow they still didn't see it. Yeah, and it's kind of, and, and yeah, you don't get much communication. I think it in the ground there's barely any. No, <laughs> I had absolutely again had absolutely yeah, no idea what it's was going on. About twenty four hours since I asked the Premier League for an explanation on it, and not heard Just anything from them. So probably gone to a VR review. That's yeah. I mean, it, well, different people are saying different things, but you hear about this whole high bar for overturning penalty decisions and. It, it again spoke so much about it last week, and I'm so fed up of talking about it. But it's going to be every single game, isn't it? Because yeah. every single City game we've had this season, it's been a big talking point. There was the Raheem Sterling marginally offside, yeah. disallowed goal. Then obviously the Laporte handball. And there's the goal that Sterling did score at West Ham that still got reviewed, didn't it? But it was allowed. Yeah, yeah. Then yeah. Laporte, Penalty yeah. As well. yeah. Laporte handball, and then Jesus. <laughs> Yeah, and we're on now, and Rodri. and Rodri should have had a penalty, and now seven or eight, and now we're on the third game, and that's still the only question that that's the main question that's being asked after the game. Yeah, what do you think of so VAR? What do you do with VAR at the moment? Then, do you think it's not fit for purpose and it should be scrapped for now? Or I just think communication needs to be so much better. Like, so do you think it should be like even if the even if we don't accept the decisions, if they mm. say this is why we made yeah. them and we mm. are backing referees, so even if they've made a terrible call on a penalty, we're going to tell you why they've made this terrible. They're going to say, I don't think him standing on his foot was enough to for him to f- fall to the ground, or it, 
the ball was going out of play, so he wouldn't have got there anyway, or anything. Even if you just just tell us why, because um, otherwise it just looks like they made a mistake and they won't own up to it, and they're just hoping that people forget about it. And it's the communication in the ground isn't great either, and no. I don't, I don't personally know how that can be changed because after the Spurs game was fans coming out of the stadium going past past the press box saying what why was it disallowed they had no idea because it doesn't say disallowed for Laporte handball does it it just says VAR goal disallowed and if you're at the stadium well fair enough that was right at the end so you could probably people going out they're going on their phone so they're going to find out quickly but if that's happened in the first 10 minutes and you can't get on your phone to find out and you just sat there wondering why it's just yeah we've had three games and at least three times well at least once in each game fans and journalists have been utterly mystified over a decision and that's what they need to change no one's not everyone's going to agree with every single decision that's made yeah which is the same that happened before VAR was in place yeah but everyone needs to know what what's happened and why it's happened, and it needs that needs to happen, and it needs to happen quicker than it does now. There you are, Premier League. You've been sent your warning by Charlotte Dunker herself. You've not got long to respond, but I'm sure we'll have another one of those discussions next week after this weekend's game. But uh, time for our quick teaser. Oh, it's a no. very easy one this week. Since January the first this year, who has scored the most Premier League goals for City, and how many do they have? We'll be back after this short break. Hello and welcome back to the Talking City podcast. Just before the break, we left Charlotte and Simon bewildered with the teaser question. Since January the 1st this year, 2019, who has scored more Premier League goals for City? I asked who's got the most Premier League goals. Ash has given the options of Sterling or Aguero. And there's a bonus point if you can say who's scored, if you can name the, the tally. So should we have one guess each? Who do you think has got the most Premier League, Premier League goals, goals for City this calendar year. Aguero. I'd say Aguero as well. Go for. Is that the answer? Wait, is that right? Yes. Ten. It's gonna be closest to the mark. This. Thirteen. Aguero's got sixteen Premier League goals. Wow, year. that's good. Sterling second with thirteen. Good. Not sure what that teaser does, but <laughs> another one of those next time. Uh, Next question from Ash, he's put on here, was have City improved since last season so far? Do you think you've seen improvements with the the new recruits and the style of play? Yes. Yeah, I think they're better. I think they're a better team. I think they do a bit more, but I think they're still in that phase where they're kind of learning how to sort of fine-tune those improvements. I think one after the international break, for instance, I think they'll they'll look a lot sharper and uh, they'll be a lot more formidable but I think we saw against Spurs that was it was it was pretty worrying for the Premier League how City absolutely battered Spurs who were supposedly the third best team in the league um, the second best team in Europe yeah well yeah exactly um, City just monstered them and I mean we saw in summer they were working on set pieces a bit more and trying a few more creative things. They've got De Bruyne who can just do things that no one else in the league can do. Rodri, who I know you're a big fan of, Rich, will sort of improve the team a lot, I think, and add something that Fernandinho doesn't. Um, And he also helps for set pieces. So I think, yeah, 
they're a lot they are better whether they're sort of problems with the squad or the defence is still an issue whether that'll cost them remains to be seen but I think overall they are stronger I guess the problem Charlotte for City is that when outsiders look at how they've improved they're going to just put on a points tally and trophies won for City so City might play better football this season they might not win as many trophies last season they might not get as many points but mm. do you think that they, they it's, down, it's down to luck though isn't it and catching that luck and getting the right draws in the in the cup games and that sort of thing so yeah you're right they might not win everything domestically this year but they could play better football and of course if, you- if you're a City fan what what would you rather they'd rather than win the trophies they might come out and say they don't they might come out and say oh well we'd rather if it doesn't matter if we don't win anything providing we play this spectacular style of football they're still going to play a very good level of football but if it's the difference between your football going up another level and missing out on two trophies then they're not going to want that are they but it the biggest test is going to be to see the champions league but that's down to look again, isn't and it? VAR. Yeah, because... Do you think that's going to be City's almost biggest challenge this season is just VAR, given the... Well, I don't think you can blame it on that because every single team has, has got to go in with that ruling. So if anyone tries to come around and say, this is the reason why City aren't going to win, VAR is the reason why City aren't going to win everything, then that's just absolutely ridiculous excuse because every single team could come out and say that. Liverpool could come out and say that next week. Or we're not going to win the league because of VAR. Maybe they will. Klopp, Klopp press conference. You can hear it now. As long as it's not too windy at Anfield this season, they should be winning the Premier League anyway. Uh, well, they've got enough things to blame things on, so why don't you just chuck VAR in as well? <laughs> Me how? Um, where, where do we go from there? Well, I guess- um, just try and salvage that. <laughs> VAR. Um, I, think, I think VAR will be a, a thing that an easy thing to blame things on. Yeah. But it's an easy excuse, isn't it? Like, a, you know, at Bournemouth City, Pep came out and sarcastically trolled VAR, but there were clearly other things that he was unhappy about. So, it, like Charlotte says, if City gets to the end of the season and blame VAR, then... They don't just- I don't think yeah. they, I don't think they will though either no, because no. I think when Guardiola's been asked about VAR and he's given a non-sarcastic response he's turned around and said like like yeah. Jesus has disallowed goal he's like well yeah that's all well and good he doesn't think it should have been disallowed but the fact that they had 30 shots on target yeah. not on target 30 shots on goal and they yeah. should have scored and that's what he was say- that's what he was trying to say yeah that was it shouldn't have been disallowed but we should have it was in our hands to win the game anyway yeah and he's all you know he's one of football's poets isn't he as Jose would say and he's plays all this lovely football and he, you ask him how they can improve and he says oh we just want to play nice football and that's how we want and you know he's also the man that will play Sergio Aguero and Raheem Sterling at home to Stockport County and beat Burton 9-0 so he's he's a winner there, there is nobody who wants trophies more than than him Liverpool fans might argue against that they might want the title more this season it just means more to some fans side but uh, they beat Arsenal at the weekend what have you made of, of their start to the season Liverpool do you think they are still the, the only side that can beat City in the Premier League this season to the title yeah, yeah, I think so. I mean, Tottenham d- did well to get a point, but showed their sort of nervousness against um, 
against Newcastle and they've got a few few issues at, at home. People were talking up at Arsenal after two games and now people surprise, are... Surprise, surprise. People want him Similar sacked. people are saying why Emery's never going to get Arsenal to where they want to be. Um, Liverpool, having had a pretty terrible pre-season, look pretty good again. Um, I think they'll struggle to be as good as they were last season, which is why I think City will still edge it, but they've certainly... Looks very good and when you're beating... Your rivals, three 0 It's three one. Three one. It was a late consolation goal that meant nothing. But yes, the producer celebrated it. Wildly. But it also <laughs> meant not a clean sheet for for Liverpool yeah. again. Bad. Virgil Van Dijk lost his uh, dribble past yeah. record. Finally, if I, nobody cares, do no they? But and that's such a tenuous stack. I'm yeah. pretty sure. God, what? Who cares? Let's not even discuss it because no. who cares? Uh, Charlotte Brighton this weekend for Man City is a. Been quite tricky opponents in the past for City. They had that FA Cup semi final, which was quite tight. They had the last day of the season, which was eventually comfortable but looked quite troublesome at the time. But at home, you'd expect nothing more than a comfortable home win for City. Yeah, I don't think it's going to pose any problems for City at all. Aguero and Sturt. Well, if those players that we mentioned from Sunday actually have good games then you could be talking if only one of them has a good game yeah De Bruyne for example yeah. four, four five nil easy big bold bold claims bold yeah I like I like Graham Potter and I'm glad he's got the Swansea job and I'm very intrigued to see how they will line up and try and stop and beat City um, Brighton what no, he's talking about how Brighton oh not Swansea he said Swansea yeah I was glad he got the Swansea job and I'm even more pleased that he's got the Brighton job what the Osterson's job were you Uh, happy when you got that uh, I was a bit unconvinced then (laughs) Um, but uh, but yeah it could very easily be a big home win what do you think I just hope we're not talking about VAR at the end of it I've got a horrible feeling we're going to be but hopefully if they've won four or five nil then surely VAR's got to be quite low down on the to talk about agenda I guess the final question from that point of view though is how what do you think the best way for Brighton would be to approach the game how can you frustrate City how can you stop like you said maybe it only takes one moment of magic or one player to turn up and it can really get away from you but as you said the Bournemouth certainly adapted their setup to to subdue City to some degree but what do you think Brighton can actually do because if Brighton go there and try and attack I think they'll probably get annihilated yeah but you, you've got to be quick on the counter yeah because I mean with Stones injured like Laporte and Otamendi are slow um, that's what Glenmore Bournemouth had a lot of pace like Wilson's quick yeah. King's very quick so they could do that um, whether Bryson will be able to to do it but um yeah, they sort of isolated Zinchenko and Walker as well. So it's it's a big test for a city defence, sort of first team defence that's still finding its its stripes together and and learning what they all what they all do. Well, I'm sure they'll be fine. Yeah. So yeah. what was your prediction? Four or five nil? Mm. Side, do you go yeah. to that? Yeah, I would. Okay. They scored three without managing to get anywhere near being good so, so if they turn who up knows weekend, if they yeah. turn up four or five nil easy what a treat City fans have this weekend coming for them then thank you very much Cy and Charlotte for 
joining us today on the Talking City podcast. Please join us next week for more VAR discussion when City (laughs) only win 8-1 or something this weekend. Thank you for giving us a listen and please do leave a like and subscribe if you haven't already and we will see you again next time.